Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another special Talking Insomnia episode. We have Ro uh, Is it Romy? Did I say that right? It's Romy, yes, yes. yes. Romy with us, welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so this episode is a, you know, a little different because um, you're not one of our students or clients. You basically said on, in the comment section, hey, I, I'll be willing to be a guest. And you said that you were not necessarily like, you know, quote unquote, a success story, but you're, you know, things have gone easier for you, but you still have some questions. So that's kind of in my mind where we're at, but uh, over to you, tell us your story and uh, then we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you for having me, Daniel. Um, I, I, I'm actually a part of the bedtime program right now and oh. uh, I'm working with coach Veronica, which is, which is great. And I've read uh, set it and forget it. So uh, I'm a part of it and I'm going through it. So uh, I am a part of the crew otherwise, right? So uh, yeah, I, I'd love to share my story. And I did reach out because I saw um, Nick's um, testimonial, um, which really kind of resonated with me. And by the way, uh, shout out to everybody that did their part on sharing their story. It it resonated, gave me hope and made me feel so much better. Um, so I want to say thank you to everybody that's come on to Talking Insomnia. Uh, but yeah, Nick's story was was very close to, it hit home and, and I'll share why. Um, so my my troubles began, I would say, back in November of last year. And uh, November 2022 didn't really start there. But what happened was I got my first bout of anxiety, I would say. Uh, I was with my my boss and uh, he kind of offered me a new position. But he didn't offer it. He kind of told me, hey, we think you're the right person for this. And uh, starting in January, you're going to be enrolled. And uh, I wasn't given uh, the opportunity to say yes or no. It was just kind of like tapped, Right. And in that moment, I had like a little sense of anxiety. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I, I don't know if I want this or not. But it was fine. Uh, it was the final quarter of work. And we, um, have, we, were, we have a very busy schedule on what we were doing, especially during the holiday quarter. So I went on through work. I was sleeping fine. I did my thing. And uh, come January, I said in the beginning of the year, I said, hey, I want to take off you know, five, six days from work, kind of just relax a little bit, gather myself before I start the new position. Um, for the record, the position that I was moving into was not drastically different than what I do. Uh, it's a minor shift. So kind of what followed was self-inflicted. And I think I'm the reason for where I am today. Um, but it's not that big of a deal. So January comes around. I take my time off. Uh, and, and I'm sleeping fine still. I'm doing okay. And then I started to see a little bit of fragmented sleep near the end of January. And in full transparency, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Daniel, uh, as Nick had said before, I, I partake in, uh, I, I used to partake in marijuana. Uh, I live in a country where it's legal and, uh, you know, it, it helps take the edge off and it's just something as a relaxant. I would do it at nighttime. So I was very used to doing that. And I still continued this, but it's never affected my sleep. In fact, it's always, quote unquote, helped with my sleep. But near the end of January, I started to notice like I was getting some fragmented sleep. Yes, the weather was very lousy and, and uh, where I'm located and it was very, it was winter. We didn't have a lot of sunlight. Uh, I have two little kids. I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old and uh, it was a lot on my plate to say the least, plus the new position. Um, so I started getting a little bit of fragmented sleep and my wife said to me, hey, why not tone down the marijuana intake? And I said, uh, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Maybe that's correlated, right? So she said, instead of doing it you know, here and there, maybe just stick to it at nighttime a little bit. might help. So I did. And sure enough, it uh, it kind of helped with the sleep. I'm, I'm not too sure. It was still fragmented and, and broken, uh, but I didn't make a big deal out of it. I'm like, you know what? People go through sleepless nights or, or this kind of stuff all the time. It's just stress or whatever. It's fine. Not a big deal. And then somebody at work suggested, hey, um, 
if you're dealing with sleep issues, have you thought about melatonin? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've never thought about melatonin. You can go to any store and buy melatonin. I had no idea about dosage. I had no idea about anything. And I saw a bottle that said 10 milligrams magnesium melatonin. You know, it helps with sleep. Great. So I bought it. And, uh, and, and I went back to my usual, you know, routine and at nighttime I would smoke a little bit of marijuana and then an hour before bed, I would take the, the magnesium melatonin chewable and it would make me tired. And without thinking, I would just go to bed. Sure enough, I'd wake up the next morning, a little groggy. I was like, oh, I'm a little groggy. I don't know what the, whatever. it's fine. And I went out with my day, uh, worked fine and it wasn't a big deal. And then I realized on the bottle, it said, do not exceed four weeks. And if you do, please consult a doctor. And I said, okay, this might be something to consider. I, I'll stop. It's not a big deal. You know what? My sleep is regulated. I'll stop. Uh, end of February. As I stopped, Daniel, instantly the next day, boom, like sleep is just gone. I'm like, what, what, what's happening? Um, and in this time, um, my job is going fine. I'm not fully, I feel like I was just kind of half in my job and my daughter, my lovely two-year-old, kept playing, you know, like any children, lots of content that's on repeat. And that created an earworm for me. And it created an earworm that was stuck in my head, not during the day, but when I would go to bed and it would just get stuck in my head. And I was like, this is a problem. I am not enjoying this. This is really taking like, oh, it's just miserable. And I'm waking up really upset. I'm tired. Not myself. I have a routine. I am. I am a driven individual. I get things done. I'm like falling apart in front of my wife. I don't know what the heck is going on. So, um, fast forward a little bit. I go to my doctor, and I say, "Hey, look, uh, my, my 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 primary care doctor." And I say, "I'm not sleeping. Um, do you have any suggestions?" And you know, he says, "Do you take supplements?" And I take usual supplements like vitamin C, vitamin D. Uh, I take a load of biotin and stuff like that. And he says. Uh, yeah, no, your D's fine and all that kind of stuff is fine. He's like, I don't want to put you on pills. And he goes, you know, you're 35. I don't think that's a necessity. He's like, maybe you're going through a rough patch. However, he's like, there's a new pill. Um, if anything, I want you to try this. And I don't know if you've heard of this, Daniel, it's called Dave Igo. Yeah, I've um, heard about it. You've heard about Dave Igo. Okay. So he says Dave Igo is more of like a hypnotic. It's not like a benzo. And, uh, he's like, try this. It's more true to being a sleeping pill. It doesn't have those adverse effects. Uh, and it was like five milligrams or something like that. So I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, and by the way, for the record, anybody that actually partakes in marijuana, you don't have REM sleep, which means you don't really have dreams. I haven't had dreams in years. Um, and as I opened this pamphlet, it said one of the first um, symptoms or rather side effects of Dave Vigo is nightmares. I'm already struggling with sleep. So I take this pill. Uh, I can't fall asleep in my bed. So I come out to the living room and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try to rest here. We'll see what happens. Fine. Uh, and I fall asleep. I fall asleep for maybe two, three hours. And I wake up with my chest pounding. Like it is about to rip through my heart. I, I had the worst nightmare. I run to the bedroom. I lay down, uh, have some broken sleep, whatever. I sleep. Uh, I take it the next two nights. Doesn't really work at all. And I'm like, okay, now I have something else that's happening. Some, some other problem is starting to cause this issue. So I stop it. And my father, who's a pharmacist, uh, he's always been a pharmacist. He's in medicine. Um, you know, he's, he doesn't actually promote medication a lot. He's very much holistic. And uh, for the first time, I, I had a very candid conversation with my father. I said, I'm, I'm dreadful. I'm tired. I can't be the husband. I can't be the employee that I am. I'm not myself. And he says, I think you're dealing with some form of anxiety and you don't know it. Stress or anxiety is causing this. And I said, maybe. 
So he says, um, why don't you think about taking some Xanax? And I said, oh man, you know, I don't take medication. I'm very void of that stuff. He said, just one night, take half a milligram and see how it plays out. I said, okay, fine. I'm, I'm so desperate at this point. Uh, I said, okay, we'll take it. And I take it and I go to bed, uh, toss and turn a little bit, but I guess I pass out. My wife comes to me the next morning. She gently wakes me up. She says, he, she says, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like what time is it? Seven or she goes, no, it's, it's 1030. And I'm like, 10.30? What are you talking about? And, and I guess to your point, that sleep drive was there. And I was just so exhausted that my body just slept. And I was like, okay, um, that shouldn't happen. And I still, from half a pill, uh, 0.5 milligrams, I was like, I don't, I'm not a fan of this. A few more nights of terrible sleep. My dad says, I don't think you should take the Xanax. He goes, you know what? Maybe try lorazepam. So just a quick background, uh, seven, eight years ago, I dealt with a little bit of anxiety. It was a health scare. Once I got the answer, it was out the window. But during that time, I didn't sleep uh, very well. My doctor gave me lorazepam. I used it one night. I had a horrible day the next day and I never took it again. This time, my father gave me two milligrams of lorazepam. I took it. I slept six, seven hours straight on the couch. And I went back to my primary doctor and I told him, and my doctor was like, dear God, no, two milligrams is just way too much. He's like, you shouldn't be taking that first off. And he's like, if anything, it should be maybe half a milligram. I said, okay. And I said, do you want me to take it? And he said, no. He goes, I'm genuinely thinking this is in your brain. Like my doctor was very transparent and I truly thank him for that. And he's like, I don't want you to do that. He's like, maybe take a different approach. And at that time, I didn't realize he was talking about CBTI. So, right, you know, and, um, and, and uh, he also asked me, he's like, what were you doing to fall asleep? And I said, nothing different, but I, was, I used to smoke some marijuana and then I would take 10 milligrams of melatonin. And he says to me, he goes, why don't you go back to doing that? And I'm like, well, I'm still smoking the marijuana, but I don't want to take the melatonin, I, I, that grogginess, and I don't want to be reliant on this. So he says, okay. Um, so fast forward a little bit. It's the end of March. It's March 28th. I'm still struggling with sleep. Me and the wife go out to watch a film. Uh, I think we went to watch John Wick or something in theaters. And uh, we were outside prior to the film. We partook in a little joint. We didn't even finish it. Just a few pulls here and there. And that was the first time I think in my life I got a panic attack or an anxiety attack from it. I was sleep deprived. I, I looked like you can see my eyes right now. I'm, I'm very alert. Daniel, I was like this the entire time. I was not in a good place. And I had this panic attack. There was a group of teenagers around us talking about some stuff that really made me feel uneasy. Uh, anyways, we went inside, we grabbed some food, we went to the theater. And as we're watching the movie, my heart is racing like crazy. I, I wear an Apple watch and I'm like, my, I, got a, I got a message saying your heart rate is really high. My wife looks at me, she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. And all these thoughts are running through my mind, these intrusive thoughts, thoughts of the past. She grabs my hand to just calm me down and we're watching the movie and she goes, I can feel your heart through your hand. And I'm like, dear God, what is going on? And in that moment, Daniel, I don't know what happened, but all the past mistakes I made in my life or the things I never shared with my wife came like rushing back to me. I'm lacking sleep. I'm having this anxiety attack in a movie theater and I'm like, my God, what is going on? So movie finishes, we go home again, horrible sleep the entire night. And the next day I wake up with jolting anxiety. Like my arm is burning. And I keep telling myself, you know what? I'm not going to get through this unless I tell my wife things that I've, you know, kept from her, let's say. So we had a very candid conversation and I told her a bunch of stuff. And um, 
I was very transparent with her um, about things and we worked through it and we're still working through certain things. And I started seeing a therapist. I started seeing a therapist to kind of deal with the anxiety and the sleeplessness. And um, he calmed me down and helped me out. And I told my doctor, I said, you know what? I, I hope this isn't something physical. Do you mind if I do my yearly blood work? And he says, I don't think it's anything to do with you physically, but I'm not going to stop you. So he says, let's get your blood work done. At this point, it's April, the beginning of April. And I said to myself, Daniel, I'm like, I'm done with marijuana. I don't need it. I want to stop. I want to go back to sleeping normally. I don't need this, you know, um, this, this, this thing to fall asleep anymore. And I stopped. April 5th, I stopped. One of the things I didn't realize and a very common withdrawal of marijuana is insomnia. Everybody goes through insomnia and heavy levels of it because our brain chemicals are used to a certain way of falling asleep. I had no idea. I'm already dealing with what I was dealing with before. Now I have no melatonin and now I've completely stopped the marijuana usage. So you know the one you talk about in your, in your book, the big one, it happened that week. Like I remember going to bed and I couldn't sleep. I slept maybe an hour, got so frustrated. I got up, went to the living room, tossing, turning, hating myself as a person. I'm like, what is happening to me? I stayed up the entire night watching dreadful documentaries on TV and just in a very bad headspace, very, very bad headspace. I have never felt that level of depression or anything. I've never had depression. I've never had anxiety. It's all stemming from like this lack of sleep. And the next morning is when I had to go for the blood work and I fasted from the night before. So Daniel, I still remember going to do this blood work and I'm, I'm there standing in line. I am not a human being. Everything is irritable to me. I'm driving and I just, I'm a zombie. And I drive there. I get the blood work taken. The woman that's taking my blood work, she goes, honey, are you okay? And I said, I'm not, I'm not sleeping. And Daniel, you made a great point in your book. We become these people that talk about sleep. We, you know, that personality type, I'm a personality A. I'm a perfectionist at everything I do. And thanks to you, I realized that. I'm so one-tracked and one-minded. I was so focused, hyper-focused on this. I didn't have to tell her I wasn't sleeping. I told her, I'm like, I'm not sleeping. I'm horrible. I'm here doing a blood work because of that. And of course, she leans with, oh my God, you're a young man. You should be sleeping. If you don't sleep eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you're, you're, it's, this is horrible. Your blood pressure is going to go up. Your, um, your heart rate, all this stuff. Um, and she says, you know what you need to do? She says, you need to. You need to drink a big glass of warm milk and take a walk before you go to bed. And I go, okay, here we go. This is the start of me trying everything under the sun. And by the way, I started going back to the gym uh, three weeks prior to because my friend who's a close friend of mine said, maybe you need to work the body out. You need to get tired. And I used to be in the gym. Life got caught up and I stopped going to the gym. But I started going to the gym for the wrong reasons, Daniel. I started going with the intent to sleep, which has shifted since then and I'll share with you. Um, but yeah, so, so she says, drink milk and walk and all this stuff. And all right, fine, I'll, I'll try all that. Lo and behold, none of that works. You know, um, in fact, the day we went to the movies, my friends had said, get magnesium glycate. It'll help you sleep. Magnesium did the total opposite for me. Magnesium, and maybe it was just in my brain. I was restless the entire night. I could not sleep. So I didn't take it. You know, I was like, I'm not going to do this. It's not helping me. In fact, any night I get some sleep, or some semblance of sleep, it's taking it away from me. I'm not going to do that. Um, so I was like, okay, fine. Uh, that, that, that's okay. I, 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 I stopped with the milk. 
I still started doing the walks and I did everything I could every day. I'm doing four or five kilometers of walking, going to the gym, sweating myself to death. It's not helping. None of that is helping. It's not doing anything. And then at that point, I'm telling myself, you know what? It's the withdrawal from the marijuana. This is common. Everybody goes through this, this insomnia part. It's going to happen. The anxiety is there. The mild depression is there. All these other things. But the anxiety goes away. The depression starts to taper off. I'm, I'm okay. And my, my, my friends that have stopped marijuana, they're like, these things happen and they taper away. You'll be fine. Two weeks goes by and I'm dreadful. Insomnia is still bad after I've stopped. So we're like a month and a half, two months in this. And I'm still just dreading it. I go back to my doctor. I say, doc, I, I'm at, on a thin rope right now. I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I haven't gone to work today. I'm dreadful at home. I tried to nap and I can't nap. By the way, Daniel, every time my wife is like, take a nap, take a nap with your da daughter. It's napping with intent now that I realized that I couldn't sleep. Obviously not, because even if I'm tired, I'm trying to put myself to sleep. So it wasn't working. Go to my doctor and he says, I don't want to put you in benzos, period. I'm not going to do it. And I go, okay. He goes, have you tried CBT? And I'm like, actually, I have a new therapist and we're implementing elements of CBT now, okay? And he says, good. He goes, but I want to give you something so you can sleep. I said, do you have any suggestions? And he goes, okay, I do. 25, 0.25 milligrams of trazodone. Let's try trazodone, okay? I've seen your talks with other people, and of course, so many people have gone on trazodone. And he says, I want you to take it tonight, but I'm going to get you in touch with the sleep doctor, not just for sleep apnea, but he specializes in understanding brain chemistry and stuff like that. I said, okay. Um, that night I went home, Daniel. I'm terrified of pills. I just, I'm not that guy. I didn't take the trazodone. That night I fell asleep in bed with my arm around my wife and I passed out, Daniel, at 12 o'clock straight till 4.30 in the morning. I woke up. I was like, what? Closed the window because the birds were chirping. I went to use the washroom, came back to bed and I'm like, I'm not going to sleep. Passed out till 6.30. Daniel, I had no idea what happened. No pill. I didn't take it. And that moment, I'm like, there's something wrong with my brain. There's something here that is beyond medication, beyond anything that's going to help me with this problem. And I'm like, I don't want to take trazodone. But okay, whatever. Sleep doctor calls me the next day. Says, hey, we're going to set up an appointment. Uh, goes through what's going on with me. I give him the synopsis. And uh, he says, I think you're not necessarily dealing with anxiety. Yeah, that's there. He's like, I think you're dealing with sleep anxiety. Um, and I think we should still do a sleep test just to see how you're doing. However, I'm going to prescribe you something. Go to your pharmacist and pick it up and send it directly to them. I go to my pharmacist. Sure enough, it's the exact same thing. It's half a pill of trazodone. I'm like, I'm not going to pick it up. I already have it at home. It's fine. Um, so, Okay. At this point, I'm talking to my therapist. He says, we should look at CBT in a certain way, right? Nothing too aggressive, but a sleep schedule. You go to bed at this time. You wake up at this time. Um, no blue lights, no, no phones, no, no TV. And Daniel, before this, me and my wife used to watch TV before bed. No problem. Go to bed. Perfectly fine. I didn't scroll my phone a ton, but I was there. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I said, okay, what should I do? He goes, read a book. My wife is huge into books. And I said, my wife is so excited. She's like, let's do it. And earlier that month, she got me a five-minute journal and to kind of like gratitude journal, you know, stuff like that. Again, I realized I was doing the gratitude journal with intent to have better dreams that night or something. 
it was so bad. I didn't realize these things till I discovered you. So thank you. And, um, you know, I got a book and I read the book at night, an hour and a half before bed. Sure. The book would get me tired. I would be sleepy. I'm yawning. I'm exhausted. And the book's great. Um, it's not overly exhilarating. So I don't want to stay up. And I go to bed and guess what? I'm still struggling to fall asleep. And even if I fall asleep, it's broken. I wake up after a little bit. Did I sleep? Did I not? I'm, you know, I have dreams here and there, but it's not regulated. It's just a mess. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is life. What am I going to do? I'm following CBT. And my therapist is like, again, if you don't sleep in 15 minutes, wake up, go to the living room, read a book or write down your thoughts. So I write down my thoughts, intrusive thoughts, the earworms, all the things that have been bugging me. He says, write it out, say it out loud, rip it up and throw it out. Okay, I, I do it. Come back to bed when I'm tired. Guess what? They come right back. They don't really go anywhere. I'm like, this isn't working, man. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless at this point. You know, I'm like, okay. Then I start taking the trazodone on and off a few days here and there. But Daniel, it doesn't do anything for me. The sleep is exactly the same. It doesn't change my sleep. Um, if, if anything, it sedates me a little bit more, but I'm still broken sleep. Like my sleep is still completely broken. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. I go to use the washroom three, four times. I never used to do that. That's so odd. Um, okay. Fast forward a little bit. Um, I'm still following CBT. Uh, we have a trip to Miami, just me and the wife. She says, maybe we should cancel. And I said, you know what? No, I'm not canceling this trip because I'm having difficulty sleeping. Like it's enough. We need to, we need to just like, we have a spark in our marriage. Let's go have a good time. Let's, let's enjoy I go to a city for partying and I'm not even sleeping. It's terrible. Um, so we go to Miami and uh, I told myself, we get there, I'm going to do Trazodone for a week to get the sleep. I'm going to do it so I can sleep. We're in Miami. Every night we went to bed exactly the same time we go to bed here. So I didn't break any rules, which also kind of sucked. I'm on vacation. You know, I'm not, I'm still an intent of let's follow the schedule. Let's follow the routine and all this go to bed. Same thing the entire week I'm in Miami. The difference, right? The difference is I, I, I'm starting to think in my head, I'm like, if this is who I am, I don't care. Like I'm going to enjoy my time when I wake up and not for my sake, but for my wife, I don't want to ruin her trip. You know, and she's been my rock. She's been everything to me this entire time. And by the way, Daniel, I just want to say before all of this happened, she said to me in the beginning, don't change your routine. Do exactly what you're doing the same way. She's like, you're too focused on sleep. I didn't listen to her. I was like, what do you know? You know, I needed an authoritarian figure to tell me something like that. And and my God, she was so right. Um, and, and I changed everything. So I would eat three hours before bed. I would drink. Like, I was just a mess. So Miami happens and uh, we come back. And during this entire period, Daniel, as I mentioned before, my eyes are this sense of grogginess. This These few months, they've been like this. They've just been like, I'm tired. I don't want to be happy. I'm not happy. I'm exhausted. And everybody I see, I talk to them about my sleeplessness. It, it, it's something, you know, in fact, April 22nd, before a vacation and everything, it was my wife and my son's birthday in one day. The night before that, I went to bed. I'm not going to sleep. I know it. Unless I take, somebody wrote online, take time release melatonin and you will sleep throughout the night. I sincere laughing the entire night I was restless and all it did was make me tired and restless. I didn't sleep at all. The next day when I went to the parties and everything, I talked to all of my friends about me not sleeping and it was horrible. It was horrible. My friend was like, all you're focused on is sleep. You're not enjoying your wife's birthday or your kid's birthday. I felt like such a bad person, Daniel. 
felt like a horrible person. I'm like, I'm letting my family down. This is so bad. So we come back from Miami nonetheless, and this is uh, mid-May, May 12th, <coughs> excuse me, and um, sleep kind of calls. And they're like, hey, we have your results. I'm like, all right, tell me, because I know I didn't sleep. I definitely, you know, you slept five and a half hours to six hours. I was like, what? <laughs> they're like, yeah, you did. They had all the wires connected, and it's so uncomfortable. They have the thing up your nose, and I'm like, no way. They're like, yeah, you did. You fell asleep in the first three minutes, actually. Um, stage one, light sleep. What? Yeah. Uh, in fact, you woke up 17 times, but you didn't know. And that's common. They said you were just unaware. I said, what the hell? Okay. You went to the bathroom three times. I'm like, I remember that. They're like, yeah, but you went from 1030 to about five in the morning. They're like, did you take the trazodone? I'm like, I didn't. I'm like, okay, what is going on with me? So the, the doctor says, for the next two weeks, take trazodone straight. Sorry. <clears throat> um, every night for two weeks to regulate your sleep, please. And then don't worry about it after. I talked to my wife. She says, I think you should just do it to get that sleep you need. I said, all right, fine, let's do it. I was so hesitant. And then I did it. And uh, as I did it, as I'm going through this process, um, I find you. And I find your sleep coach school Thanks to Reddit. By the way, the Reddit Reddit can be a great place, also a scary place. You know, I'm looking at things every day for insomnia related to insomnia or marijuana withdrawal. So many terrible things coming from it, but so many good things. And in that time, right before finding you, one morning I woke up uh, and I had a call with a, with a friend of mine. And I host a podcast like you too. And it's a nerd podcast. And we're talking about season two. And uh, in this call, Daniel, I distinctly remember... We're doing the same thing uh, virtually and something triggered, something triggered and the droopy eyes went away. They just like, I was like, I was like happy. I was like, what, what, what just happened? Then work calls happened. Everything happened with work and it was normal. It's like, this is weird. I haven't even discovered you at this point. And, um, and then I'm um, like, there's something different here. I still suck at sleeping, but something's changed. And, um, and then I find your podcast and I'm going to the gym and I'm listening to your podcast. Natto. I'm listening to these things. And um, very quickly, I realized one thing that resonated with me was fear is the problem. The symptom is insomnia, right? So, sorry. <clears throat> and um, that hit me because there were nights, Daniel, I would go to bed or I would go to my bedroom and I, I'd become so used to bed is for intimacy and sleep. Don't even look at it. D Daniel, I would walk to my bedroom. I would avoid my side of the bed. Uh, the, the CBT thing like put me in a panic state. And that day I said to myself, I'm just going to go into my bed. And I'm going to lay down. I'm just going to lay down and chill. And I laid down. I didn't care. My kids came. We played on the bed. We like wrestled and it was great. And in that moment, I was like, I'm not afraid of the bed anymore. Like, I'm just not, like, I'm not, a, I'm not scared of you. You're my bed. I used to have a great time enjoying my life here. What the heck happened to me, right? And my wife looks at me. She goes, I told you. Because she would say, read the book in bed. But my therapist was like, don't do that. Read the book in the nook of your living room in a, in a dimly lit space, you know? Because my wife would say, if you're reading a book and falling asleep, just do it in bed. And I didn't, I didn't take that advice. So listening to you and saying that fear aspect shifted my thinking. And befriending wakefulness. If you're going to be awake, don't freak out. 
if you want to lay in bed, lay in bed, rest, take it in, uh, or go watch a show. D- play video games. Veronica helped me a lot with that. She was like, if you want to watch YouTube, watch YouTube. If you want to play a video game, play a video game. Whatever it takes for you to realize that there's nothing to be afraid of. And it really started resonating. Within the first week of listening to you, Daniel, and listening to these people's stories that they share with you from Talking Insomnia, this past week and a half, I kid you not, I go to bed, it takes me a bit to fall asleep, even though I'm tired, but I sleep straight to the morning, 6 o'clock, 6.30, one day I slept till 7.30, and I have a regulated time window and everything, but I'm sharing these successes with Veronica as well, and, uh, and it's been like eye-opening. Eye-opening. And, and I've already had speed bumps, by the way. I had speed bumps on Monday, and I had a speed bump last night. I'll tell you transparently. Monday night, Sunday went to bed great. Monday night, I went to bed fine. I was tired, but I had a golfing event the next day from work and, uh, and a dinner. And I didn't even think about it, but I guess subconsciously maybe it was there. Tossed and turned. Had a dream, but I felt like I didn't sleep all night. Still woke up, went to the gym, did my thing, didn't care. Went about the entire day, went to golfing, had a blast. Was I tired? Yeah. Did I have some brain fog driving home? Yeah. But it was fine. Got home that night. And you know what, Daniel? I, for the first time in a bit, I had an episode of sleep anxiety. I was tired, but I went to bed and I'm like, why am I not sleeping? I'm so tired. I need to sleep. I have to sleep. And my heart started beating a little bit. I started doing this deep breathing and stuff. But somewhere in there, I passed out. I passed out and I woke up at 6.30 and I was like, okay, that's good. That's good. And then last night, another speed bump, uh, maybe because I was anxious to talk to you. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I, I wasn't even focused on you, Daniel. Not that singer, not a great guy. But, um, but last night I, I tossed and turned a lot. I was up on the hour, every hour. Um, I did have a dream, which means I slept. I did go to the bathroom twice. And then my wife this morning, she goes, you were definitely sleeping. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, you were. I'm like, I was up all the time. I could even hear the birds chirping. Like, I wasn't sleeping the way I slept last week. She's like, trust me, I woke up, you were out. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. But even then, when I woke up, I told myself, I was like, whatever, I'm going to continue with my day. What the hell am I going to do being mad about it? It's fine. Wow. You know, and then tonight, if I sleep, I sleep. And if I don't, we'll, we'll work on that. I'm just going to go to rest. So it's been a journey. Um, but I do want to say, like, Coach Daniel, finding you, like, really opened up my eyes. Everything that we've been taught is so, not, I don't want to say wrong, but it, it's, it's this fear factor. Like, oh, my God, my blood pressure, my heart rate, um, you're going to have so many issues. You know, Daniel, this thing, I was using it to track sleep. That became an issue, too. Why am I doing this? Uh, every day, every day I was checking my heart rate. My poor wife, she's like, stop it. And this past few days, I told myself, I'm not going to check my heart rate. I'm not going to do it at all. Heart rate's fine. You know, I went to my doctor. I'm like, can you do my blood pressure? He goes, you're fine. Everything is fine. And, and it's all these things we've been subjugated to and taught. And we've been educated about, quote unquote, your health. Yeah. It scares you, you know? So, yeah, you've given me hope. And, and oh this God. is where I'm at. Oh, thanks so much for sharing, Romy. And, uh, you know, uh once in a while this happens where I have a guest where I'm just like, I don't need to interject. I I don't need to comment. I don't need to direct. You're just like an amazing storyteller, whether that's kind of like, you know, just by nature or by you know, the fact that you have a podcast, et cetera. 
which I wanted to ask about because I saw the the the, the microphone and everything. But anyway, it's... You, you told the story in such an amazing way, and um, there were you know few things I, I just wanted to comment on. Firstly, of course, yeah. is I'm so glad to hear that things are getting easier and uh, that you found you know our channel and our content. But also like what you're you're, you're describing in the last few weeks here is so wonderful because uh, when somebody tells me, hey, Daniel, like I slept seven hours, then I'm like, that's nice. You know, that means, you know, you were less scared and like you're doing some inner work and that, that's a nice thing. But yeah. when somebody tells me that there's also, that can be tricky too, because there can be this element of performance anxiety and like they're celebrating that they slept and they're like, oh, well, now I'm going to do it again, you know? But what makes me really excited and happy and encouraged is when, when somebody tells me I didn't sleep that much and I was kind of anxious, but then... I didn't react much to it. I had a nice day because that takes you in the opposite direction. Then it means like this, like this okayness with not sleeping, okayness with being anxious, which leads again in the opposite direction of performance anxiety. It doesn't become like, oh, I have to do it again, but it becomes like, yeah. I don't really have to do anything in particular. And, and then like we're backing away from the struggle. We're leaving the struggle. So yeah, really, really glad to hear these things, Romy. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. The, the less I focus on it, which again, my wife had said, I wish I listened to her. Um, the, the more I just be able to sleep, right? Like it's, it's just, you're right. There's this performance anxiety piece. And funny enough, these last few nights, we started watching like silly Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider films <laughs> laughing before we go to bed. And, um, and yeah, like the, the difficulty I have falling asleep is interesting. I still struggle with that. Right. But somewhere in between there, I do this focused breathing and I do pass out sometimes. Um, but if I don't, I've come to the place of saying, I'm just going to lay here. It's fine. I'll get through tomorrow. And I need to go back to thinking, Daniel, it'll happen on its own. The gas, the gas and brake model makes complete sense. You cannot regulate your sleep. It's going to come. Yes. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I did stop reading books for now, minus your book. I've, I've been reading that for sure. Um, I'm not doing that at night. I put the gratitude journal aside. I told my wife, I'm like, it's great. But it's, it, I had all this intent for sleep using this stuff. I want to get rid of that. You know, I'm not doing that. I started eating little snacks at night. I used to stop eating because I was like, no, I, I can't eat. I shouldn't. I won't be able to digest my food if I don't sleep tonight. That's what I was told. No, I go to the washroom just fine. Sorry, TMI. But these things, right? Like I didn't know that. So I'm trying my best to not think about it ever again. And in fact, when I go out and I see friends in social settings or I go to work and stuff like that, I'm not even talking about it. It's not even a thing anymore, right? I'm not shying away from it, but I don't need to discuss it anymore. No. I think that's yeah. I think that's that's really really helpful. And and you know, um, I think uh, you know just a little quick little side comment here is that I think it's really nice to that you were willing to you know you know be a guest here in this place where like this is still sort of unfolding. I mean, you're in a much yeah. more enlightened place than you were uh, not long ago, but you yeah. still you know this this, this process still unfolding. And what I what I kind of what I see what I what I hear now is that you have this clarity. That, aha, now I understand why, you know, the journaling was maybe not so helpful. And, you know, going to the gym with the intent of making myself tired so yeah. I can sleep. Uh, you're identifying these efforts clearly. And then when, when you do that, it can actually be fairly easy, fairly kind of like low-hanging fruit to just say, I'm not going to do that anymore. This is an effort. I'm, I'm just going to leave that. Yeah. Now, and, and that often really, really, you, you can actually see that's helpful. It's kind of like you're showing the brain that there's nothing to be afraid of. I don't have to try Really, really nice. Now, the tan like the tangible efforts, which is kind of like the book, the pill, yeah. the, the the thing that we can kind of like that is tangible, those are kind of 
easy, it's fairly easy to identify that, oh, yeah. that has become an effort and fairly easy to also let go of, like, I'm just not going to do that. Then we come to these kind of like, what do we call like semi-tangible efforts, which is like, I'm doing, I'm meditating, so I feel good. Maybe not. Maybe it's actually kind of like, it's not super tangible, but it's, it's kind of like yeah. we do some kind of lifestyle change, hoping it will help. And then we can, they're also, you know, somewhat easy to see and somewhat easy to like, kind of change our intent around the tricky ones become and i don't know if you experienced this or thought about it but the tricky ones become the kind of intangible ones when it's kind of like mind control which is like oh what i now i'm gonna not think of anything i'm gonna have a blank mind you know that's the tricky one because some people don't see it they don't they don't realize that that is also an effort but yeah does it resonate with you oh my god thank you for saying that when i told one of my close friends like hey i was struggling with this he says why don't you just think of nothing when you go to bed? I just think of nothing and I go to sleep. I'm like, how's that possible? Now, maybe when I was under the influence of marijuana, maybe I didn't, or maybe I didn't even think about it because it just knocks you out. It's a sedative. But I have thoughts. I think about random things and nothing about that gives me anxiety. There was a point where I told you about the earworm, that songs that would get stuck in my head, which Veronica could relate to, thank God. But um, random thoughts of images and things I've seen throughout the day, they would race through my mind, just nonstop. I couldn't like locate one thing. You know, and and then I started doing this whole like, let me focus on the things that matter to me, my wife, my kids, and sometimes it would work. I would fall asleep. Now I'm in a place where I'm not not thinking about anything, but nothing's really racing through my mind anymore. I just let it be. But they were like, think of nothing. I'm like, that's also an effort. That's yeah, so hard. How can I not think of anything? Yeah, nobody can do that. It's 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 totally an effort, and people are in the illusion that. And and the funny thing with this is that the illusion. The, the way it becomes an illusion is that people actually, let's say, for example, they go to bed and they're like, they're like, whatever thought happens is fine. And then we don't, you know, then, then we fall asleep easily. And, and but they can think like, oh, I went to bed thinking of nothing. I achieved that. But in reality, it was like the absence of trying to think about something or not trying to think about it led to a place where, you know, thoughts are just fleeting. And I think yeah. that you're seeing that too now, like before when you were, kind of deploying some effort trying to have some you know some control over you know maybe thoughts and feelings etc we had these racing thoughts but now you're you're much more in a place where like you know if i think about that's okay if i think about this is okay like i'm not trying to control it and then thoughts just come and go they become fleeting yeah it's right? acceptance too right um that's one thing i've learned is like that song i was like okay if you're gonna be here let's just roll with it and then it just left one day it was like oh, i don't want to be here anymore Right. And, exactly. and I thought it was crazy, by the way, when I had the earworm, I was like, I'm, I'm, I've lost it. I've lost my mind, oh, but man. right. And, and, and then I've just said, okay, I'm going to accept it. And, and, uh, and yeah, now it's not like something I particularly think of. I hope I can overcome the effort it takes me to fall asleep sometimes. Like it can be a bit of a struggle, but like you said, it's a journey and I'll go through it and I'm sure eventually it'll come to a place that's normal. Um, like I said, I had no REM sleep for years. I didn't simply because of the usage. Um, and now I have dreams every night and it is scary, but incredible. And I welcome it and I love it, which also signals you're sleeping. You are sleeping, man. So I'm happy about that, man. And, and I can't wait to do a recap with you, you know, in a year from now and see how my journey's progressed. But it's been great. It's been great. And, and talking insomnia has helped me a lot. And it's funny, you know, how you say not to focus on, on sleep and all that. And I find myself in a place watching your content and I'm like, why am I watching the content? I need to stop. I need to stop because this is making me think about it. But it's also so like helpful and, and, and calming in a way, right? And it's not the last thing I think about before I go to bed at all. So 
No, I think that you know brings up. I get that question often. Actually, people in, in very, very much in the place where you're at, where where people are like, you know, I actually understand things quite well now, but I still like sort of binge on your content. Like, should I stop doing that, Daniel? Is it too much? Like, and I always say, like, if you just find some comfort in it, maybe you pick up, you learn a thing here and there. I think it's totally fine. Uh, it's the tricky thing can be when somebody finds like it becomes like the kind of like escape from for anxiety again, like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. I need to listen to Daniel's channel so I don't feel anxious. That's yeah. a little tricky. And but but uh, you know that we get we we kind of sense that when it doesn't feel like, oh, I want to listen because it feels nice, but like I gotta listen so I don't feel anxious. That's that's a little tricky. That can be an invitation to like, yeah, maybe then it's not so helpful to listen. But generally yeah. speaking, if it feels nice, just comforting, you learn a little bit here, I think it's totally fine. And what happens is eventually you lose interest because, you know, things are getting easier. You're sleeping easier. Yeah. You, you, you know, you just naturally lose interest and then you just tune in here and there something like that. That's so true. I, I figured that would be, and that's of course in anything, right? Like once you lose interest, it's not a thing. And I'm going to be fully transparent with you in the audience. Uh, me and the wife have been very transparent with each other. Yes, we stopped. Uh, I stopped smoking marijuana, but we'd like to be in a place in the future where we occasionally do it and not have to worry about panic attacks and all this and not depend on it. And I want to get to a place where, sorry, Daniel, I don't have to go back to your content because it's not something I'm thinking about. So hopefully that does come to fruition and I'm looking forward to it, man. But I can tell you, your content has helped me sleep so much better lately and I'm in such a better headspace. Like after, after this, I'm going to go in and work and I've been working since the morning and I haven't been running on that much sleep, but it's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll be all right. Amazing. It's so wonderful. And, and I think let's, let's do this. Um, pinky promise here that we'll do a follow-up episode in, <laughs> in i don't know a couple of months a year i don't know something yeah. like that but uh, i will uh, there's you know basically i'll maybe leave it here that you're on a really nice trajectory you're seeing things very clearly there there are things that we've talked about where you know i could see i could see somewhere that they just kind of like room for kind of even more clarity down the line. But I, I want to say like, let's let, let the journey unfold. I think you're on a really nice trajectory and um, and let's do this again. And then we can like reference to this episode and see what has changed for that. But I'll really look forward to that. But uh, before that, I want to say like, this has been super helpful. I think so many in the community will relate to your story and uh, yeah, can't, can't wait to do that follow-up again. Yeah, me neither. I'm looking forward to it. Pinky promise. I'm open to it. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Did you have any more questions or? No, no. It was you said it so nicely. So no, no more questions. I'll just say again, thanks to you, and thanks for everyone to tune in, and um, hope and look forward to to seeing you back again. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it.